0: Hey, everyone, and uh, welcome to the first-ever episode of Behind the Boots. I'm your host, John Demers, and this is a new podcast series presented by Wilco Media. Uh, where we, Our goal is to build a community through telling the best stories of our vets. Uh, not always you know, the heartwarming ones, usually the funny ones, the ones you really don't tell your family when you go back home. Um, you know, And along the way, we're going to be donating to various uh, veteran charities and Discover new ways to give back to our veteran community. Um, so, stick around the end of the show. Uh, we'll tell you a few different ways you can uh, get involved to help our cause. This week, my co host is a former Army and Air Force soldier, airman. Correct. Airman, soldier, 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 airman. airman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bobby Carlton Hello, Bobby. Thank you for coming. Hello. Thanks for having me of on course. the very
1: first episode. I
0: know. Got to pop the cherry numero, sometime. Numero, I figured, numero uno? I figured uh, if I'm going to pop my cherry, I <laughs> might as well have my dad with me while I do it. Um, so, like I said, Army, Air Force veteran, uh, also the president and founder of the Escape for the 22 Foundation, which we will touch on in a little bit. Um, so, again, welcome, Bobby. So let's start off um, military service.
1: Okay.
0: So, young lad... Oh yeah, young lad. Over on uh, the west coast. The best coast. Careful with that. <laughs> um, all right, so tell us. Come from a
1: military family, man. That's uh, pretty much the, the 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 cut of it. Um, I knew growing up that uh, college wasn't probably the the best option for me. Um, what was that? <laughs> Why was that? No, we know, we know why. <laughs> we know yeah. Well, it's because I didn't want to spend money and not really uh, yeah, sure. attend we'll, class. We'll call it because yeah, you didn't yeah. want to spend money. So uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't really an option of or a, a, a kind of like when it was just or like if it was just that when, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unique experiences. I I had a bro- older brother that was in the military at the time. He's actually in the Washington Army National Guard. My dad had spent twenty seven years in. My brother convinced me, junior high school, that I should join the Washington Army National Guard. So I did. Did that for a little while and was like this is really fun i'd like to do this for real all the
0: time yeah for, like, uh, the real thing yeah
1: the late 90s you know um, so I life went, was good in the so late life 90s good, you know yeah, friends like, was in its heyday nothing um no no I shooting mean,
0: wars going on yeah the worst thing that happened was monica Lewinsky. yeah right? yeah i yeah i remember
1: that i was yeah. in high school uh, i believe
0: everybody remembers that.
1: um but uh i was like hey let's do this for real i would join the army uh did some time around the world in the army did a couple deployments post uh, pre and post 9-11 i actually have a pre-9-11 deployment i did as well to to the former yugoslavia a little place called bosnia Herzegovina, ah. um, and that's actually what we'll talk about later i think oh, perfect. some stuff in Can't there wait um then I had a couple deployments post 9-11 to uh the usual suspects iraq and afghanistan mm-hmm. um in that order yeah, actually yeah okay I yeah um, I just left one unit. That was the first unit into Afghanistan, and then made it for uh, just in time for the invasion of Iraq. Perfect. Boom! Yeah. Just need uh, that one last <laughs> one guy. There back, it is. And there he there is. It yep. is. Um, then uh, I I chose to, you know, leave the army. I, I still wanted to serve, but I wanted to kind of serve in a different capacity. Um, like an so easier it, one. No, actually, uh, in a more support, comfortable. supportive environment, I guess, <laughs> and uh, a comfortable. You know, I, yeah. while being deployed um, with the army, you see things that other services are deployed with, and it's not the same as you.
0: Yeah. So, so what was it that that made you make the switch from you know playing in the dirt to uh, the four seasons? Um. Well. Uh, one of them hap- happened to be
1: very uh, attractive females in tank tops. Um,
0: which I'm assuming are not the Army. Which was not the Army. <laughs> so, and by assuming, I mean I know for a fact so, they're not the, <laughs> the Army. Okay. At this
1: time, it was early in the 2000s, and the Air Force didn't actually have uh, issued um, PT gear.
0: Ooh, so, okay, so...
1: When 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 we were in the invasion, and they finally brought in like the the air or well, on the airfield we were stationed on, um, or working out of, they finally brought in Air Force personnel, and they had this like shopette trailer thing they mm-hmm. brought, and is uh, that
0: they sold all their bikinis. No, then, actually, they all they
1: sold okay. was it was crazy. They sold like you know slim jims, and they sold <laughs> men's boxer shorts in like the plaid, yep. and then. Uh, um, wife beaters and that's it like for clothing and all the Air Force females would purchase them and that would be what they would walk around in once they were out of uniform That's like it was yeah and I was like what, what year was this in? this was 2003 Ah, uh, before um, my time so I would it was funny because we didn't actually live on the airfield we had to go to the airfield to get fuel for the trucks and stuff patrols okay. and uh, I we would see stuff that happened and this was actually before General Order number no. one was in fact too, so the Air Force could drink while they were deployed to uh-huh. Iraq. time so it quickly changed after a few months but but we would we'd be driving <laughs> <I> wonder why <laughs> we'd be driving on um, the airfield uh, to either go to, to like their chow hall or whatever and I'd see something and I'd be like a girl in boxer shorts rolled up and, and, a, and a wife beater and I would mm-hmm. say uh, Hey, Where? what what number is that to my Where? gunner? And he'd be like, "That's number three thousand seven hundred eighty-five, <laughs> Sergeant." And he's like, "Yep." Where can we get <laughs> one of those? So uh, yeah, I I decided that I wanted to to, to uh, uh, wet my whistle with a different service branch that's and a, be a little more supportive.
0: It's a word for um,
1: it. And then I actually got stop lost, and then did a whole another tour
0: while I was stop lost to Afghanistan. That that is such an army way to yeah. like. To just fuck someone yep. right in the ass as, yep. they're, as they're trying to get out. <laughs> oh, you want you want to change services? Yeah. All right, we got something for you. Yeah, so I, I spent 15 months stop-lost. And then uh, I, w- I did.
1: I got out, and I got completely out of the military, and I was like with the goal of joining the Air Force. And mm-hmm. I ended up uh, serving eight years active duty in the Air Force. Um, I actually also wanted to deploy less, but it was funny as I actually went more places with the Air Force. With the Army. He <laughs> like, like, this is a cruel joke. And uh, I spent eight years active with the Air Force. Then I did one year of reserve duty with the Air Force at Cocoa Beach, Florida. Um, Patrick Air Force Base. All right, it that's was amazing.
0: That sounds like a pretty badass yeah. reserve yeah. location. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it was pretty sweet. So, if I'm not mistaken, you got out completely. Uh, Air Force, Army, everything. With civilian. You are completely out with 18 years in total time. 16 total
1: active time. two reserve guard.
0: Right. So I get this a lot too cuz I got out 14 years in. Um mine was much less active duty time. Why <laughs> why get out cuz this is the question that I get all yeah. the time. Um you and get most the, of the, most of the time it's like it's it's, it's just 4 years. Yeah. Just 4 more years, Yeah, man. exactly. But you fucking you do it. Yeah, you, that's
1: what I said. You so dick. it's like it's it, I, I equate it to yeah, you're right. It is just four more years. However, if they were to, if you're in prison and they open up the doors and they say, "Hey, you could stay here for four more years, <laughs> or you could get put out," it yeah, like it's just four years, yeah. right? Like that's true. It's four years of your life that you'll never get back. Yep. And I always said, "Is I'll do 20 years, get a retirement, and I get hit by a fucking bus the next day." Like that's cool, man. Like if you, like this whole like getting the traditional lifestyle where you have to you have to go to work every day you have to do this you have to do that you have to like no nah, man like yeah. do what you want to do and have fun and if you're not if you're not enjoying your job don't do it just for another 4 years man like yeah. i was able to get out i did the things i wanted to do i never wanted to do anything higher i was fortunate enough to deploy with you know the types of units i deployed with and and was at the top and so I was cool with that. And I was like, I don't want to do anything else. Leave it so at the top of your game. I left. And I, I was to the point where as if I stayed in, I probably would have ended up getting kicked out. I, I would have punched someone. I was very close a few times when people that were of much significant higher rank um, felt
0: they knew my job better than I knew my job. Right, And they're, they're, everyone's got their own give a fuck a meter. Mm-hmm and mine was pegged man yeah you can only <laughs> take so much sometimes it takes you know 25 years yes. Yeah. good for them you get the pension congratulations yeah, great. sometimes it takes four you know it, it everyone just maxes out yeah. at a certain time and there just becomes a point where like you said like you you are more of a detriment than you are an asset just because like you, yeah. you burnt out you've had enough you yeah. know what i mean it's time to start over and
1: i was happy with that and it's you know the same thing is it's like well, I know that everyone has this, this really, and for all you military listeners out there, you think you're going to get out of the military and you're going to walk in to be a CEO of a company? Ain't happening, Mm-mm. right? You, you. Thank you for your service. However, <laughs> however, other people toil in other ways as well. They go to college, they yeah. get out, they work their way up, they do things, right? So you have to be prepared to start from the bottom. And I wanted to do that at, you know, 30, 35 as opposed to doing it at 41, and I just I wanted to jumpstart it because right. I wanted to set myself up to have a great, great retirement from this, work harder, and I had opportunities, and I was going to take them.
0: Good. And brings us to our next one, opportunity, Escape for the
1: 22.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say that I'm a part of it, but I feel like I'm the face of it, <laughs> unofficially. Um, I think you're the only one that says that, but yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm unofficially the face of it uh, in my own book. <laughs> well, John Demers' book—it's about John Demers. Yeah, the John Bardownski Demers book of myself. Uh, how did how did this come about? How did you start it? Uh, what brought it up, and why hockey? Okay, it's a it's a fantastic
1: question. We'll uh, take this in 17 parts. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's, it's, it's simple, right? And, and, uh, when it comes down to it is everything I did in the military, I, I was focused on a mission, right? Whether that was going through training and graduating, going on a mission or a school or a deployment or whatever, you're focused on something, right? And you have something and you're, you're doing it for the greater good. And then when you're, when you're a private, y- your role is, Dude, I'm this rifleman. I'm this radio. I'm going to be the best that I can be. Yeah. And this is my focus. Right. And you become a team leader. Now you have three other little, you know, Padawans that are looking to you. And then a squad leader. And then, you know, you become an instructor. And you have all these things. You have this mission. You have this mindset. Um, when you get out, you don't have that. Because your job is, at that point, a job. Mm-hmm. What? When you're in the military, it's not just a job, right? It's an adventure. I think that was the Navy. <laughs> is but, uh, that how the recruiter yeah, got yeah. you? But, uh, it's actually, it's a life, man. And you have is, to be, yeah. y- y- when I was in the military, I was reading books in my off time. Books, actually read, you know, and... Uh, Hold on. <laughs> Mini, for, for, for leather for, for our younger uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, what is a book? A book is a is a, is a length of paper okay. put together that has words in them that tell stories. But okay. uh, I would read... It's so like an iPad. <laughs> sort of. Okay, but heavier. But I would read to about... You know, the work I was doing, I wanted to be tactically, technically proficient as best I could because it could save your life one day. Exactly. But when you get out to and you, you have a job where you can, you know, turn off the, the work phone at, at 3 or 4 or 5 or whenever it is, and I have to worry about it until 7 a.m. or 8 or 9, Yeah. it just stops, and, and you don't have that. So for me, I had to have a mission, right? Um, purpose. I, I, well, a mission and a purpose, mm-hmm. but mission-driven, I needed something I could I could I could focus on. Yep. Um Suicide is a struggle in the military. That's 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 as old as time, right? Yep. As old as the military is. Absolutely. It's been a struggle. It's just never been talked about. There's a, there's a couple great documentaries. Um, one of them's on HBO. It's it's um, it's talking about suicide since 1865, since the end of the Civil War, and it documents all these people who, who committed suicide because they could not find themselves in a position after the military service, whether it was three months, one year, whatever, because you, it changes who you are, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, man, combat is a drug. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the most addictive drug in the world because you cannot replicate it. There's nothing like getting shot at and surviving. And knowing that if I don't do my job, I will die. But if I do my job, that person will die. And that's the ultimate high. And that's why you, I think you get these guys that get out and they become, you know, base jumpers. and They're trying and, to find it. Yeah, they're trying to find that yeah. rush just for a second. They're coming down off, off of combat. There's nothing like it. And I think when you do that constantly and over and over, deployment after deployment after deployment, you know, it just builds up. And then you finally just, your body shuts down. You can only have so much of that. Your body only can produce. I'm not a scientist magician here. Yep. But I'm just saying I think your body can only handle that for so long. So so do you think that ever people get numb to it? Um, Yeah, but I also think that's a problem. Right. I think that's a problem. When you're numb to something like that, um, that's an issue. If you don't recognize it, that's dangerous. Yeah. And when I was looking at my own life and the struggles I was having when I was leaving the active Air Force, I was going through a very brutal divorce. I was um, away from... Family. I was isolated. I was away from my daughter. I was miserable with my job, which is what I thought I wanted to do for my entire life. And, you know, me taking my own life never came into the equation. But what I was thinking about was maybe if it was better if I wasn't here. Or maybe if it was better that I would have been killed in Afghanistan or Iraq or, or Thailand or wherever. Because people would remember me this way as opposed to remembering me this way. And I had a lot of um, peers and a lot of former soldiers who did end up taking their lives. And I started to think about, well, why is that, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lack of purpose, a lack of, of drive. Um, hockey was not a sport I grew up playing. We didn't oh, have I know. it Trust me. Big. <laughs> We didn't have it. Uh, people, people are shocked by that. <laughs> what? But, um, but I did grow up watching hockey and enjoying the sport itself. Um, as an adult, I found playing hockey replicated the experiences I was having in the military being in a team-based environment.
0: It, it, we say this a lot too. Like it, it is such a similar dynamic of, you know, a a military barracks or a hockey locker room. Yeah. Like if I close my eyes and I listen to people talking, same smells, uh, different textures. Um, (laughs) But if I close my eyes and I was listening to people talking in a lock, hockey locker room, and then I was listening to people talk it's in, barracks, in the barracks, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one is which. It's a very very similar dynamic. Will you ever be able to replicate it completely? No. I think there's more beer in the barracks probably, but that's true. Cheaper, more more cheaper beer, beer. <laughs> uh, in the barracks. Less hookers. <laughs> um, in the locker room? No, in the barracks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't you haven't been to a Canons victory in a long time, yeah. have you? <laughs> no.
1: No, but uh, so I, I, I was playing hockey. I was paying to play it, and that was what I was looking forward to most of my life at the time. And um, I figured hockey was something that, that saved me, so maybe there's a way that it can save others, right? Mm. You, you can't – obviously, you, and I, I use this analogy a lot, is that in, in battlefield triage, right, you have to realize that you can't save every single casualty. Right. That's the reason we have triage because if you waste your time – Working on someone that's expectant, that's going to die no matter what you do, you're now putting other people in that same category. Yep. Um, so understanding that you can't save everyone, what if I can start with a small group, and that's hockey-playing veterans. Um, when I moved from from Tampa to Boston, um, my fiance, who's now my wife and is way smarter than me, has that's said it's fact. <laughs> facts. has said had said that. You know this is what grounds you this is your thing this yeah. is what we need to find for you here and um it was just all right well maybe i can i can find enough people that we can put a skate together and mm-hmm. i think it going through those first formative months in 2015 with escape for the 22 the idea behind it um started to snowball and people grabbed it and were like it makes sense to them it may not make sense to anyone else Mm -hmm. but it makes sense to them and they wanted to be a part of it so you just have to be a part of it and then to make it you you gotta make it you gotta have you gotta gotta have a want you it's the same thing in 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 podcasting right you you can't make your 100th podcast if you don't make your first one I've tried. The math doesn't check out. So, so it's the same thing. Is if you you can't save one if you don't do it. So right. we we put we put it together, um, and uh, it's been around six years so far. Um, I use the words four hundred veteran athletes have played for. The, I mean, there's probably little less than three hundred registered right now, mm-hmm. but four hundred total have come and gone, and it's a place where people can can come and
0: it's a community of like-minded individuals, but supporting each other. But come and gone is probably not the, the right term because it, it, the doors never close exactly come and gone. what i mean is they 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 may have been hurting
1: and missing something in their life they can't they came and they they re they 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 oriented themselves again and they got back on their their azimuth and they're they're trucking along yep. and they they if they need to come back boom they'll pop back in they'll play a game they'll go to a skills clinic they'll uh they'll come to a scrimmage those are all th- some of the things that we do yeah. so you, you, it's made to just reorient yourself, get you back on your, your azimuth and pace count, and and get you back out there, making the community at
0: large better by building a better veteran community. Right. So you just touched on a couple of things. So the, the, the things that Skate for the 22 Foundation provides for its veteran athletes, what are they? Uh, right off the
1: bat, it was a supportive team environment. Okay, Um, and that's what we initially wanted to do, but we realized that um, in order to do that, you got to attract the community. So, um, just having a team of 13 to 18 individuals is not going to do that, you're helping those ones. But if you have geographically based organizations, if you provide learn to skate programs or skills development programs for people that want to come out and get better or get into the sport themselves mm. we do that if you want you, if you want to just play and have a good time on a on a saturday night or a monday night we do scrimmages. But if you want to be a little bit more competitive, we do games between the regional-based teams. We also do games between other uh, first responder, military, even civilian organizations, even even professional organizations to include uh, s- some of the female professional teams that, that were out there.
0: Scored a hat trick in that game, <laughs> by
1: the way. <laughs> that was the hardest hit I've ever taken was in that game. I saw um, that. So it, it's, it's really out. building a community, um, and it's kind of – it's kind of a uh, I don't want to say it's it's self-serve but it's 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 a it's a buffet you can kind of pick and choose what you want mm-hmm. you may not like the general Sals chicken but you may love the orange chicken
0: that's such a great way to put it it's just a buffet of, of hockey mm-hmm. and um, skills clinics games scrimmages events um, was it cost the veteran athlete zero dollars
1: so that's another critical thing um, Hockey is an expensive ass sport, mm-hmm. okay. Um, which is probably why my parents gave me a soccer ball because that's it. And it was like <laughs> it was just like a garbage bag filled with rocks. And, and that's no, the you know, <laughs> <no>, but
0: uh, <laughs> I think they were just asking you to take out the trash. You probably misunderstood what they were saying.
1: But uh, hockey
0: is an expensive sport. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, you know, even just playing in men's leagues, it's you're talking four to. I, I saw a recent post on on a Facebook group about like cost of. Some places are paying like $800 for like a 20-game a season.
0: I think it's time to retire. <laughs> yeah, that's like, or move. <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: But uh, when, you, when you factor in the cost of equipment, okay, and it, it's say a guy or a girl, because we are co-ed, mm-hmm. you know, veterans of, of, of both genders, um, doesn't, doesn't matter to us, right? Um, let's say someone played, you know, grown up, or in high school and then they stopped They join the military they've been away for 10 15 years well their equipment's outdated if it's not dry rotted they probably got wooden sticks some weirdos still use them but no, the no uh, curve yeah no curve flat sticks <laughs> yeah um so that's a barrier itself i mean skates yeah. today you, you're talking for an adult skate luckily i wear junior skates so they're a, lot, a little cheaper but uh for an adult pair of skates at an entry level we're talking three four or 500 dollars, and those entry levels, if you're skating all the time, it's not going to last you that long. Right. You're going to have to upgrade those. So if you want a high-end skate, it's 900 to $1,100. That's, that's crazy. And that's just the skates. Yep. Now, helmets and face masks and gloves and everything you need for that, it's expensive. Yep. So whereas we can't provide all that equipment yet, we will we try to provide equipment discounts, drop-offs, um, work with some hockey companies to help get that out there. So that's what's one barrier we try to help take away. So right. by at least not le- uh, having to have our veteran athletes pay for scrimmages or skills clinics or games, we're, we're cutting that cost. So if it a person takes, wants it takes to one burden off, absolutely. Sure. If, if I mean, realistically, if you look at the schedule, you could skate, um, four to five times a week when we're in season doing all kinds of things and not
0: pay for anything. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and for and for someone who looks forward to if if hockey is their thing, that's what mm-hmm. they look forward to. That's I mean, it's keeping people alive, for sure. Um, so we got some big things coming up for the Skate for Twenty Two, mm-hmm. uh, both on and off ice. Hopefully, if uh,
1: John Demers bobbleheads.
0: Yep, bobblehead night. I think is October. <laughs> <I> think?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, October twenty first.
0: October seventeenth. Mm-hmm. I don't even know my own birthday. No, but twenty first uh, is the number twenty one. That's fair. Um, so what what is what is a community and you know the the player athletes um, and potential players what do they have to look forward to in the next next year
1: Well obviously we 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 had to take a hiatus for, for, for covid I think mm-hmm. it's the the year that that never was <laughs> right I mean, Yeah I don't think um, it happened I, I think what you can expect for the veteran athlete first and foremost, is a little bit back to the roots of the Skate for the 22, where um, you can get on the ice to meet people and, and have a, a shared common experience. Um, we plan on doing that through joint foundation games, mm-hmm. um, joint foundation events. Um, you can also expect a little bit more off-ice type stuff um, in order to help bring your family to do stuff with you so you're gonna see a cornhole tournament um, in, in May you're gonna see a, a virtual run to end with a in-person 2.2 uh, to miler um, which will have a band and and food afterwards and, and adult beverages so you can have that community and provide for each other and also share that with your family all building up the escape the for the 22 and just getting back to our roots, more scrimmages, more skills clinics, more foundation style events, but still having that competitive edge mm-hmm. that, uh, that I think the veteran athlete does enjoy.
0: Yeah. I think that that's probably one of the biggest draws behind, you know, the, the free hockey is, you know, I get to go out and be competitive again. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people miss too is like, you know, where else can you can you go, with like-minded people, and you know, for a lack of a better term, just beat the shit out of each other for an <laughs> hour or two, and you know, yeah. shake hands afterwards and go grab a beer. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful, thing.
1: It is, and, and just to clarify on that, obviously, we um, we don't play full contact, right? It, it, we're not trying to break anyone, but I think yeah. what uh, is important is is it's a it's as, it's as competitive as you want it to be on the ice. But what is great is that the the breakdown of people who, if you're being wicked competitive, and you know a guy's a newer skater, you're not going to be an asshole to that person on the ice, right? You're going to help build them up, which is one of the which is one of the things I think separates us from other uh, veterans organizations. Is we don't separate by skill level too often. We do, but we tailor it to skill level. So we add, you know, two or two high level skilled guys with a medium skill guy or girl to help build them up and then we'll you know pair the lines so that you're helping to to improve those people because you don't if you don't play you know if, if you continue to play if you continue to be the best person on the ice you're never going to get better right, right? You, you you have to i got nowhere to go yeah, then. <laughs> you have to put yourself self out there and, and yeah. put yourself at, at risk and and um you know, to be to be embarrassed on the ice. It's yeah. how you get better.
0: I'm a perfect example of that. I'm I embarrass <laughs> you every time I is, play against you. It is true. Not yeah. true. Um, <laughs> all right, so if uh, if people want to go check out the Skate for the 22, see what it's all about, um, possibly donate, um, where can they do that? Website, skateforthe22.org. All right, that'll be uh, attached to the bottom of this on the episode description. It's also, uh, we'll post it up in the, the big screen. In a and little if, bit as and well. And if
1: you just Google "skate for the 22, you know, take first a look, thing that pops up. Take take a look at some of the articles too that, are, that have been written about us, um, from again people that are a lot smarter than me, um, who've seen that that this is a valid sense of or valid form of therapy mm-hmm. because you're helping people cope, you're giving them an outlet to do that, and you're making them sweat, which is which is That's, always good. What else
0: can you ask for, right? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thanks for uh, going through all that with
1: us. Absolutely, I'm, I'm I'm always glad to be able to uh, to put it out there. It's 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 important. We talk about suicide prevention, and and you know we're not the only ones doing things. There's lots of them. Find your niche. If hockey's not your niche, find a running group. I know a guy that, that has rugby that does kind of the same stuff with with rugby in in New England. Just find what what
0: makes you right. a better person. But the biggest thing, you know, just just put yourself out there, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. You could like it. You could love it. Could love it. Alright, so we're gonna get into some stories now. Next uh our boot camp battles. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're gonna go over a couple stories uh, from people's times in their respective basic trainings or boot camps. And uh, we'll just summer camp, so we call it in the Air Force. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, you just go away, sleepaway camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How often did you get to write your mom? Um, in between selling cookies, I oh, okay. sell
1: cookies at the PX. Nice.
0: Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. I never bought those cookies. <laughs> I never trusted you guys. All right, right, well, we just get right into the first one. All right, so two guys were caught fighting after lights out. Uh, DS, drill sergeant, uh, runs upstairs, grabs the two guys, and drags them downstairs. The next morning the two guys look worn and ragged but seemed to be in good spirits and seemed to now be good buddies apparently the ds made them hug each other look into each other's eyes and say i love you to each other nonstop for the whole night <laughs> so i i remember basic training uh there was one time that two guys were about to fight it was at i think one of our rifle quality ranges and the drill and I said, all right, fucking you and you, come here. And he took him to the wood line. The and I th- wood th- line. I, I thought they fought. Apparently, I'm, they were, they, were, <laughs> were they just spooning <laughs> for, for about 15, 20 minutes? The uh, old wood line. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's no secret you're a little bit more seasoned than I am uh, as far is. as age goes. Uh-huh. Um, like a fine wine? You went to basic training late 90s. Correct. Anything like this ever (laughs) happened? Yes. So I don't,
1: I I have a a former soldier of mine that is now a drill sergeant at Fort Benning. And uh, I was very upset because I asked him if they still use the bayonet assault course and they don't. Why? But uh,
0: I don't know. How does does the green grass grow? Exactly. Blood, blood, blood. Yeah. Well, there's no blood. So So, it's not going to grow.
1: We had, I, I don't know if they still do it, but we had the pugil sticks. Is it pugil or pugil? I think it's pugil, like a pugilist. Is that French? I, I believe so, but isn't a pugilist a fighter, a boxer? Yeah, sure. Yeah, anyway. so um, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't trust my uh, pronunciation. Have you so seen that, uh, it's, uh, Young Guns, when I'm a pugilist? No. Okay, wow. Wow, that wow. was also in the 90s. <laughs> but um, so we had the, we had, you know, the pugil sticks, and mm-hmm. you were... Able to beat the shit out of each other with two yeah, giant. Yeah, had those. Yeah, <laughs> did you use them? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I think drill sergeants would would uh, would pair people off they knew had tension in those, and then watch. <laughs> and they'd let them go. <laughs> and
0: just mm, and nice.
1: Um, and so, I had a at MOS, an eleven series MOS infantry. So we didn't have a break between basic and it's called the yep. OSIT, one station unit training, right? Go straight through. And then there was a lot of tension. And I think there were individuals that were paired off um that had black eyes the next day and it was never the drill sergeants that hit them. It was each other. <laughs> um, they're so diabolical. It, yeah. Drill sergeants are, what, a ten
0: week course? I, I think it's I think it's longer. Is I, it? Maybe it's
1: like yeah, maybe yeah, I guess three months, maybe
0: I don't know. Yeah. So ten it's ten a tough to a week though. course. I, f- I feel like 80% of it has to just be like psychological warfare that they're being taught. Yeah. Because I mean now especially nowadays because they can't yeah. they can't beat the shit out of you anymore. Yeah, you so they have establish to just dominance Yeah, right they just have back. to establish dominance with their words uh, and uh yeah. and let other people do it for them, I guess, like still the fear of god in them pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think the Marines do that really well with their with their boot camp and their their drill sergeants, but uh yeah i was uh, i was afraid of my drill sergeants what's funny is one of my drill sergeants ended up being a platoon sergeant for me later
0: how'd that work out <laughs> when i
1: was in e5 i had already been in the army a while it was fine yes yeah. they're completely different people when oh of course real yeah, world. yeah but um
0: yeah it was it was an
1: interesting experience <laughs> <laughs> that's good
0: that's good i had a, my head drill sergeant um osario i'll never forget him because he always yelled at you but whenever he started yelling his accent kicked in like i was gonna say with that name yeah probably and has a little you, you wanted to do exactly what he said but you, you just you just had no fucking idea what he was saying yeah. um did, was you ever, did you ever laugh
1: when a drill sergeant yelled at somebody else and then they heard you laugh and then they yelled at you no uh
0: <laughs> but we were in the later phases we were probably just a couple weeks from graduating and our drill sergeant was telling us his max for his push-ups and i'm an idiot so I was like, that's it <laughs> I think it was like an hour smoke session that we all got. Nice,
1: nice. Yeah. yeah. All smoke sessions. Yeah, it wasn't
0: really uh, you know, corporate punishment. Yeah. That's how you teach them. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the next. Do it. This is a I good like one. It. Okay. So I shit my pants halfway through a six mile hike. So you know it's good. It starts off. The <laughs> so I shit First my sentence. I shit my pants. Uh, when we got back, the drill instructor screamed, which one of you fuckers shit themselves in a little piece of poop rolled out of my trousers? Now he but. told me to report to the senior drill instructor, so I did and told him. Uh, it was the first time I got to take a shower without a bunch of naked dudes, so it was worth it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it worth it?
1: I, I, I don't think so. No? I, I, later on in my career, I, be, I did some you know, work with uh, survival and evasion resistance and escape stuff. And, uh, that's always one of the techniques they teach you to, uh, make yourself less attractive to to everyone. Yeah. Make (laughs) make yourself less attractive. Uh, I guess uh, that way it keeps people away from me. They're like, I'm not even messing with that person. I
0: I feel like, I feel like there had to (laughs) been like a group of officers in, in a boardroom when they were. Going over like how to teach people to right. survive. Right, There was, on the, there was one on the NCO in the room who was like, "Just fucking shit on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no one will want to touch you then." Well, see, it's and, like in captivity. They, you know, they took him serious. Like, yeah.
1: They're like, write that down. But I guess maybe that's the same technique. Like, drill sergeants will leave me alone if I'm if I stink.
0: <laughs> well, that's I mean, maybe it's human nature. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I just I just picture like he just like kicks it out a little bit. Yeah, because oh, I mean, it I wasn't
1: know. me. And then just yeah. uh, I mean, because those liners in the PT shorts are like. Pretty tight on the inside.
0: Yeah, but I mean I would I would say he's they're on a, a ruck march, so he's was it a guy? We, okay, well, yeah, said, said, mean, said, yeah, okay. Unless there's co ed showers nowadays. <laughs> Starship troopers. That's true. I just tried to stand for those days, but it just didn't, <laughs> didn't work. Never came. Um so I'm assuming it was like it was hot because everywhere this basic training is it's fucking scorched. Even if probably heat cat five where they had everything on blouse <laughs> and like a little just like a little poop. Yeah, little down. roll. And how much shit was it that they found out about it during the hike or the, the ruck march? Yeah. And like, how much shit was on the ground where they noticed it and then there was still some poop left in his trousers? I don't even so. – I'm trying to think about this. I mean, obviously, it was, like, 20-plus years ago.
1: But I don't even remember shitting in basic training. I don't, can't remember taking shit in basic training because it was, like, always so busy. I'm trying to think, like, when I did. <laughs> like. Yeah. I get, You know what I mean? Because it's, like – you have these memories of things, and they're like, oh, I remember waking up, remember doing PT, but I don't remember like there's taking a shit. I mean, yeah. that's why I enjoy taking shits now. And, just and, just in, yeah, sitting there I'm for like, 25
0: minutes, mm-hmm. and, like and been done for about yeah. 17 <laughs> of them. Yeah, uh, I, I I remember one shit in basic, and it was our first day of our final FTX, and uh, they had all the porter shitters lined up, and there was some new ones, and then some of those old white ones from I think I don't know. Valley Forge, Yeah. Revolutionary yeah, I'm pretty sure George Washington's shit was still in this exact... <laughs> well, it's part of the museum. Shit, yeah. it's like, like, no, not that one. That one's <laughs> Heritage. I, th- I think I shit in a museum exhibit is what I did. Uh, th- the thing, honestly, it hadn't been empty for, like, years. Mm. I, I don't... There was poo almost touching my butt nice. when I sat down. Nice. Like, I had to pee in the urinal... First, and then just hold it Because <laughs> you would have flooded. That would have been released. Interesting. I feel like everyone's got a good shit
1: story. Oh, I've got a good one. Let's hear it. All right, let's make this one quick because I know we got
0: real or fake. Take right? your Come time, on. man. We got all the so, um, time in the world.
1: I uh, <laughs> Afghanistan, 2005 ish, 2006. Um, we lived way out in the mountains. In a in a house. One day they dropped us off after a patrol, and they're like, "Yeah, you guys are. Uh, we're leaving. You guys are gonna stay here and make this your home." They're like, okay. So we didn't have anything. So they just kind of like would like slowly fly stuff out to us, and they like drop stuff off out of the Chinook, and they'd be like, "Okay." see you guys later and like like adding stuff to it and like you know one day we got like yeah. food and one day was we it got, the air force that uh, dropped
0: it off for you in the army You're no like, it was the that army was, that was another one you like, <laughs> yeah. like i could be there no we did
1: <laughs> the air force did drop pallets with car- cargo shoes they usually landed on people's houses and like crush walls and stuff nice perfect everything. but um wait, one, one,
0: we,
1: we you know we had to to burn our own feces um We had piss in tubes that our Mm. medic had to dig into the ground and, like, layer them. It's like old school, like, layering, like, filtration Do they teach that at
0: medical school? They do, actually. It's
1: part of the Army medical course, uh, Field sanitation and Hygiene. There's an actual field manual just for that. Um, But uh, one day, (laughs) the Chinook lands, the dust clears, and these two crew chiefs are shoving a porta-potty off the back of the Chinook. Chinook. (laughs) And we're like, okay, but listen, you realize, like, this is not going (laughs) to it's gonna feel like so we we would have to have these giant boxes of like trash bags sent out like the brown military trash bags and you would we, we put the port of shitter like in a part of the compound like had it walled off and you would go put the the bag inside the port of shitter and then shit in the bag so you had like an actual bathroom and then you go throw it in the burn pit <laughs> and so we uh we had some visitors one day it was our brigade sergeant major um, because they used to come, they used to, like, they would leave. And just the Brigade Sergeant Major always have to follow around the Brigade Commander. And, like, he would, like, go out and visit the troops by himself. Yeah. With the boys. Of course. Because you know, yeah. we're eating our yeah. own food we're, out there. We're the same, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, my platoon sergeant gets all of us together one morning and starts screaming at the platoon. He's like, who is the asshole that shit in the porta potty and did not use a uh, bag? New guy? You, su- <laughs> and all of a sudden, like... The brigade sergeant major looks down, he's like, uh, that was me. I thought oh. it was really clean. I was like, I was impressed how clean it was. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. He was about to have a whole fucking so speech he's, about, so how, he's like, about so, how clean the porter was. So he's, so he's like, you got a shovel, I'll take care of that. So the brigade sergeant major had to go <laughs> scoop his own shit out of a porta potty uh, into a bag and then go burn man. it. So, so, it's, it's, yeah, everyone has a shit story. Everyone yeah. does have a shit story. Well, he was that, a cool dude, though. He was a good... He was actually a, a really good... Really good guy. Well, how can you be a hard-ass when you... After that, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't shovel your own shit out of your the yeah, body. But then the platoon
1: starts, like, okay, all right, sorry, Major, here's a shovel.
0: <laughs> how do you even get that angle? Like, I feel like it'd just be easier to put the bag on your hand and... Then- uh, listen... I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm getting too far into it. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't technically watching him remove
1: it. I just knew you that weren't there I was to laughing. supervise.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that's good. That was just, good. Just a poor shitter coming off of a Chinook. You're like,
0: that's seriously? It. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Why don't you just? I don't know. <laughs> All right, that was great. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go to our next segment now. Um, it's called Real or Fake. Fake. Um, so where I'm, I'm super creative with the names. Um, so basically it's, it's what it sounds like. I got a few news articles that I'm going to go over and I want you to tell me if you think (laughs) it is real or fake by the headline and then we'll go over the story itself and we'll see if you are correct. Okay. Send it. Okay. So (laughs) as you see, the first one. Um, North Korea may have its own core of communist killer dolphins. (laughs) I'm going to say take the may out of that and 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Fucking got me, got me there. That's that's 100%. That's 100% true. Um, awesome. Good on them. So the article article. The article goes uh, on to say, Iran and North Korea may have more in common than we once thought. Axis of evil. They are both members of President George W. Bush's (laughs) Axis of Evil. Have you seen this article? No, I just know. (laughs) Uh, And both have sought nuclear weapons with different degrees of success. Um, But now, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea may have caught up to the Islamic Republic in one critical area. Critical, they say. Trained killer dolphins. So, my question is if trained killer dolphins is critical to their success as a military, what do we have as a military? How do you know if we pair? don't? Do you think it would be dolphins? They're probably the smartest fish, right? They kill sharks, man. They do kill sharks. Yeah. Which, it's a bad mofo in the
1: water, which, again, uh, they should be Navy it, dolphins, it, not Navy seals. But I mean, Seals I are cute. To read on cuz they're saying that they're joining like the group including the US that has <laughs> <laughs> oh, already oh shit already. all right it's cool pretty
0: intense I'm just <laughs> um it <laughs> so these creatures are not only trained to seek out underwater mines but they also uh, attack enemy frogmen who infiltrate harbors so they, they also have reportedly used them uh, with suicide tactics so they they have kamikaze dolphins um, Those North Koreans is, man Which is, I feel like Team great, America man. really
1: messed up on that they should have had that in uh, the movie
0: that that's so great <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it that it's true and that it's more than one place in the world has that in the military oh yeah okay. uh, we're going to go on to the next one and uh, story number two Rank is just a number. <laughs> what do you think? Rank is just a number. Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh. I'm going to say uh,
0: false. Two for two. <laughs> <You> ready? <laughs> All right. Uh, this one. That's uh, Air Force. I like d- it. Duffelblog is awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, this has some of the best quotes i've ever read on an official document uh so a staff non officer in a rank gap relationship with a female service member is telling friends that he believes rank is just a number uh so <laughs> an air force e8 insists that his romantic partnership uh with in, is it still airman even though they're a woman uh yeah okay well it was uh, i don't know who knows it it's, now it's, now. it's air person now probably just sure she was two. it's just air hey you uh she was an e2 he says it's not questionable at all um he goes people keep giving us funny looks when, when they see us at the bx in uniform together um, what they need to understand is we're just two consenting enlisted persons who enjoy each other's company <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the best ones he goes it doesn't hurt she's very mature for her rank <laughs> <laughs> she, he said. He, uh, she reads at a E five level. Nice. So nice. I actually, I just added that myself. Um, but we see. It, you honestly see that all the time, though. Yeah. Not to that, obviously. You did it well. Having been in two, two
1: services, so in the army, I was around hundred percent just dudes at the time because yep. it was there was nothing integrated, and we like we lived on the other side of base. From from the normal people, like we were just savages. They mm-hmm. could not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. steer clear of that. Yeah, yeah. you're like the savages. elephant graveyard. Yeah, it's like yeah. Simba's like, don't see go see that over there. there. Yeah. Don't go over there. Yeah. And um, but in the Air Force, I did see it all the time. Everything, almost everything, was integrated. And Even even like the combat jobs in the Air Force, you would still have females in the squadrons doing like you know finance and life support and all all that
0: stuff. And it's like it's just so much more accessible for people to have that's what i'm saying like you can't especially on deployments you can't expect people not to be hooking up (laughs) yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean this guy gets it uh okay last last quote of this of this one is a guy goes but come on now uh the guy is almost my rank he was a master sergeant (laughs) talking about this guy uh and she go. He goes. Plus, she's easily a nine, and he looks like a goddamn ogre. <laughs> How the hell did he score her? So, do you think that he used his rank
1: uh, depends to score her? It depends if they're in the same, you know, job. If they if they're that's not in the supervisor. same chain of command. Oh, so no. I mean, he's just uh, he's gets a bit
0: bigger B A H. He's probably got a fucking hog, huh? Yeah,
1: he's yeah. probably or he's no, he's probably got a nice car. She's living in the barracks. That's true. Or the dorms in the Air Force. Sorry. He
0: probably got like a. It, a good APR on his car too. Not like the privates that get like the twenty three percent. He's yeah. probably got like a nice four point nine percent APR. Through, it's
1: definitely through USAA, of course.
0: <laughs> or Navy he Federal Credit. his home in yeah. auto. Or Navy Federal Credit, of like, course. You know, like a sensible,
1: yeah, older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I makes. I feel sense. like I feel like that. Not not now that you're putting it in that category, like an E eight. It's definitely like. The college professor with like the tweed jacket with the leather <laughs> patches that's like going after like the the freshman yeah <laughs> like smoking true. a pie like, mm, yeah, some fresh yeah. meat <laughs> indeed
0: he's really really you know worldly and that's really attracted yeah. to the i really can s- yeah. now that we talk it out i can see why i can see why she went for it yeah yeah, yeah. i went it's a sensible choice sensible choice yeah she's new he's got a five gotta year advance plan. A career. what is it don't <laughs> die uh Anyways, next story. Oh. Polish soldiers accidentally invade Czechoslovakia.
1: Uh I'm gonna say the borders match up, so yeah, let's go true on that one. God, that's, you are so good at this. I mean that's that's just yeah, it's true. Hundred percent true. Like you didn't Did not read, did not did not study head. No clip notes, nothing.
0: Okay. <laughs> So, you'd be forgiven for not knowing that the Polish military recently invaded and <laughs> briefly occupied territory of the Czech Republic. My bad. Apparently, <laughs> apparently no need to forgive. You already knew. Um, so, Polish soldiers mistakenly deterred our citizens from entering a church <laughs> on the Czech territory in close vicinity to the Czech Polish borders. Poland already gets a pretty bad rep. Been there. Nice people. Why do they get such a bad rep? I don't know.
1: Um, <sighs> I had a really nice time in Poland. Very nice people. Very good stuff.
0: Did they prevent you from going to church?
1: Um, no. I again. I was. I mean, I was only around the the Polish military, so that, they might have prevented other people from <laughs> going to church. You <laughs> were over there guarding the church. You had yeah. no idea what you were doing. Yeah. Right Come to think gym. of it. I think they. Yeah, they let me go in while they wouldn't let us go in. I had a great time. Great beer. Yeah. The Czech Republic too. Been there. Been with their military. Good beer. the original Budweiser comes from the Czech. That's true.
0: That's true. Now it's all watered down. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. I mean, what else? What else do you say, man? They, they feel like that's accidentally cross borders. I feel like that's like going to New Hampshire, (laughs) like just like whoops, now we're in here, (laughs) like our bad. Yeah, but you don't go to New Hampshire and then prevent people from going to their church, Do do you? you? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but I wouldn't think that it's something that happens often but who knows never know all right that was a great segment boom last one last one the army holds safety stand down to address the dangers of drinking antifreeze <laughs> i'm gonna say true <laughs> i'm so glad i got you on this one because it's false if, if not they should <laughs> it's it's fake uh don't but care that's about the people. exact same thing when i was reading i was like this has to be real but don't it's care not
1: about their people why wouldn't they
0: <laughs> yeah uh yeah, there, there has been times, I was maintenance, where people have a Powerade bottle or a Gatorade bottle, mm. and, you know, people put a little antifreeze mm. in there to, you know, if I can joke on Jimmy, or whatever his name was at the time. Unsafe. Horribly unsafe. Un- but again, safe. you know, you're thinking
1: about maybe not the... The brightest of, of people that just joined the military. Hey, I'm, I'm really happy that people do join the military, but you know, sometimes people join the military because they got other things going on. Yeah. And uh, I've known stories of people drinking simple green because it's 100% organic. Extreme simple green is better for the environment.
0: Yeah, it or but, not. but you
1: know what I mean. Like, just because something's made out of organic
0: doesn't mean it's safe to drink. And, well, I ate poison ivy because it comes from the earth, and I don't understand why I'm not feeling I too well. <laughs> it and
1: it was, it's like an herb, right? Same yeah, kind it's the same. You know?
0: It's the same exact thing. Well, if not, the Army needs to start having these because, come on, they don't care about their troops, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) no, they don't. They're going to start dropping like flies if they don't start having this shit. So the article uh, says the Pentagon has mandated an Army-wide safety stand-down. Army-wide, by the way. This isn't just post. It's not just like a certain, you know, base. Well, you can't just do it in one base. base. That's true. Troops all over Uh, the world. Army-wide safety stand-down to address the dangers of casual antifreeze consumption. Uh, (laughs) We haven't seen a crisis. Hey, uh, Martha dear, can you pull me a nice glass of uh, of antifreeze, please? Sunday scaries. Nice little <laughs> antifreeze will just smooth that right out. I mean, it will smooth <laughs> something out. I don't know if it's something that you want smoothed out. Yeah. So it says we haven't seen a crisis of this magnitude since our last global stand down back in 08 to train soldiers on the dangers of sticking their hands in fans to make their voices sound funny. <laughs> uh, we were lucky we caught this before it escalated to the level of uh, autoerotic asphyxiation stand down back in the 80s. <laughs> so that. Duffel blog again? I'm assuming. It yeah. is, but. Yeah. If that was just like a, a quote on Google or whatever, I would think that that's it official. could be real. Yeah. Yep. That's the shit that you see sometimes. Well, it's
1: the shit that you. That's why I thought it was real because the, that's something the Army would do because there is somebody that would be doing that in yeah. the Army. They're like, kids ate Tide Pods.
0: Yeah, for, so, a, for a while. So
1: um, <laughs> what's to say Joe, who, it, it, for those of you that are not military listening, Joe is the term for all yes. young soldiers. Yes. And what's to stop Joe from just, I'm going to drink a little bit of this antifreeze. I mean, I yeah. drank mouthwash in Bosnia to get drunk. So, like, come on. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a little antifreeze, right?
0: Yeah. S- uh, safety message, guys, it doesn't get you drunk. So, yeah. Mm. Uh. <laughs> It doesn't taste good. either. It doesn't taste good. Also burns it, the eyes. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I—I I don't know. It's just uh, three for one. That's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's not a hundred. It's not bad. Nope, one hundred percent. You went from hundred to seventy-five real quick. Well, seventy-five still passing. That's true. Sometimes. That's that's my motto. <laughs> Unless it's an eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing that the army does. Oh, remember how you say you have to get a seventy? Yeah. Now it's an eighty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was that good. Was, that was a good one. So. Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> uh, don't drink antifreeze. Don't invade other countries by accident. <laughs> yep. And rank is not just a number. The rank is just a number. Fraternization's real. It's real awesome is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you, I, I asked you to, to have a story ready. Uh, yeah. And when you told me what this story was about, I was in Lowe's uh, buying things. <laughs> Which is what one does at Lowe's. Siri read it through my AirPod, and uh, I, I laughed out loud just at the title of it. Uh, I'm excited for you to, to get into it. <laughs> okay. So uh, it actually deals a little bit about fraternization too. <laughs> oh, perfect!
1: That <laughs> makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you asked me, and I was like, "What genre?" First of all, and I was like, yep. "What you know, funny." Sad, dramatic. What and you said? Dealer's choice. Um, so I've got. I haven't told this one too often to a lot of people, but I was stabbed on deployment. Um, this was a pre-9/11 deployment to uh, the former Yugoslavia as a peacekeeper.
0: Stabbed. I'll, I'll let you get into it. Yep.
1: Stab, I was stabbed by the knife blade of a leatherman
0: um,
1: in the back of the leg, just below. The
0: ash cheek crease. How, how? What was it? Mini me stabbing you? Like, <laughs> okay. Did you so get? Did you get a midget upset? This is
1: quite funny. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't at the time. However, <laughs> so um, we had been in Bosnia for a while. Um, we were rotating three places for the platoon. So, like, yeah. one platoon would do this, and we just every month we'd change different locations. So, we were the guard force. Um, we weren't the guard force for the the I think it was Eagle Eagle Base or Warrior Base, which was where the, the helicopters were stationed in Bosnia. But we would we would run the guard force, so like all the rest of the the, the Pogues mm-hmm. that were on base would provide the guards, but our sergeants would run the guard force and it would it. like bring them chow. And we were like a quick reaction force mm-hmm. in case something happened. So we were um, doing what good soldiers do and doing continuation training right because sergeants of say you got downtime we're going to train so we were uh yeah like, i just want to like do this yeah I'll like let that. me jerk off for yeah. a minute dude come <laughs> for on a second and uh this was in the winter time there was snow on the ground and we were living in these um they were li- they were these like plywood buildings but it was one big Building that was separated into like five different rooms, and each room was a long room where you could fit a squad in. It had doors on each side. So okay. it was like we had our cots and then we had like a common area and we were training. And we were doing enemy prisoner of war search training. So like the roll the guy over, flex cuffs, all these kinds of things. And we were taking turns and rolling you know doing all this stuff and I was flex cuffed so I had uh, my hands and feet flex cuffed Mm -hmm. and uh, the training was over and one of my squad mates was cutting the flex cuffs off my my ankles Mm -hmm. I was on my knees I'd already taken them of course (laughs) as as is tradition. tradition so I had the flex cuffs already off my my hands and he was cutting them off my feet why I didn't do it myself, I don't know. But anyway, so I'm on my knees. He's behind with the knife cutting, and he's cutting down. And this sergeant says, "You idiot! You're gonna cut into his boot. Cut up." So you can cut into his anus. So what <laughs> makes more sense? So he put the the full blade of the knife behind the flex cuff and lifted, and it was new because they had a good PX, so people bought stuff, and he wow. bought his new Leatherman, and it went through the flex cuff like butter and went. Two inches into my back leg, and it was so sharp, I didn't feel it. All I know was, "Whoa!" And they were all like, Oh! And, and did I just get runny diarrhea? Why yeah, did you feel like well, I'm my leg? No, and then and then it was immediately they had that look like you have with your siblings, like, "Don't tell mom I just did that." And they're like, "Dude, you're fine. Don't tell the squad. You're good. You're good. You're good. fuck, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine." And I was like, "Dude." Oh man! And immediately, blood started. My pants had been unbloused, so blood was pouring down now. Mm. And they were like, "Oh shit!" And it filled up my BDU pants. I still never felt it, it was so sharp that it just went in and, and like came right out. So my team leader, That's a good knife. yeah, shout out Leatherman. <laughs> um, so my team leader at the time was was a bigger dude. And he grabs me, picks me up, fireman's carry. So again, we're all infantry dudes. We're like, you know. Apply direct pressure. Stop the bleeding. Bandage. Nope. Picks me up and is going to firemen's carry me the like three quarters of a mile to the aid station. So three quarters of a mile. I'm bleeding, leaving Out a blood trail. Leaving a blood trail. I'm starting to get kind of woozy at this time too. <laughs> so there's a blood trail in the snow, uh. and the rest of the squad guys are running with him, and he's got me, and he's carrying me, and like. I- It was a nighttime, so no one's in the aid station. It's not really, like, a busy place, right? Yeah. So they kick down the door of the aid station, and it's a female physician's assistant and entirely female staff of medics. (laughs) Drop, drop. So they throw me on, like, a surgical litter, and they proceed to cut my BDU trousers off. Well, I was commando-
0: well, obviously. Never
1: wore underwear in BDU. So I am now buck naked from the waist down, just a brown T-shirt up. Well, they would have to cut your underwear anyway, so. Exactly. You just save the pair of underwear. All females, right? Yeah. And I'm face down on a surgical
0: litter. How often did you tell them how cold it was? In the <laughs> yeah,
1: well, no. Okay, it gets better, right? Okay. <laughs> so any, any, any wounds, right, you have to irrigate the wound. Yep. So now they're squirting saline into that wound and it's just running right down my ass crack right mm. into my my junk
0: right, right, in, right into your boys. And
1: so I'm laying there as this is all happening and all of a sudden I see
0: picture flashes
1: <laughs>
0: camera <laughs> flashes <laughs> was it from your the the people who brought you nope. from your section it was nope 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 so this is one of those I feel like scenarios where you see um <laughs> where they have posters of the blown up hand. And they're like, don't use your 50 cal yeah, round as yeah, yeah, a hammer. Yeah. And like, I don't think that know, was the case. I know you're hurting buddy,
1: but we have to take this picture. So, so it won't so, happen again. So then the, uh, the, the next part of it is, so it's cold in there. Obviously I've got nothing on sure It's the winter, And uh, so then the, the female physician's assistant says, okay, didn't do any muscle damage. Didn't do anything after she's prying around in there. And she's like, looks at my teammates, and my, my team leader says, hey, uh, any of you guys want to suture it up? What the fuck? <laughs> so then she allowed my team leader to suture it up. And uh, the fraternization part of it goes, is that same night after we were off of the... Uh, the um, Sergeant's time training, I was supposed to go hook up with one of the girls I had met on guard duty. Mm. So then the next day, she comes into the guard duty tent and was all pissed off that I blew her off. And yeah. all my friends like, no, 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 he got stabbed. Yeah, no, he it's cool. He got stabbed. Body. And she's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, no, no, literally, he got stabbed. And it was just this, it was this thing. So yeah, I got uh. stabbed. Um,
0: in Bosnia. Silver linings. Mm. I have a couple. First one, your boots were fine. They, well, they had blood in them. But they weren't cut. But they weren't cut. Okay, so whoever told that him sergeant to cut was up, correct. He was correct. He would have cut into my boot. Right, which is and good. I'm sure he hung his hat on that for a long time. <laughs> He's like, well, your fucking boots are great, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Uh, second one, uh, you probably saved yourself with that with that potential fraternization.
1: Well, yeah, we were actually we were both um, E threes. So it would have canceled each other out. It's like a double negative.
0: Yeah. But I've I've been there, and I, yeah. I've I've yeah I've 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 done the sex in the in the bunkers. <laughs> uh, great at the time. See, this is the thing. The
1: females had their own rooms, on deployment. Oh, on this I just, deployment,
0: it was like yeah I, I did yeah. It, I, I yeah. did it in a piss covered bunker. The bunker. Yeah, it was the most romantic thing I've ever done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I think she stuck a finger in my butt. <laughs> Anyways, just got weird. Uh, like, it can get weird like, though. Like it can like it, get like it. it. It can get weird. Uh, yeah. So that was. Uh, yeah, that's was, great. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: when the when it gets cold, I feel that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I when, feel the that old coming, wound, when the rains coming. When the rains coming. Feel that old wound. My ass my cheek tightens wound. Up. <laughs> It's that million dollar wound. Boris Gump was talking about. That's Something what it just is. Jumped yeah. up
0: and bit me. Something bit me. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Cause, like, that's. Do I have a lot of people heard that story? Like, a, not that's really. Not, it's right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it got it's so it's
1: overshadowed with all the other dumb e- shit. Exactly. I did. Cause it, it's not really a story. <laughs> Doesn't come out in a lot of conversation. I do no. have a picture from that surgical. T- I I don't have the. Put it up. The, I'm re- I, don't I'm rear, I don't have the rear. I don't have the rear facing one. But like, I have a picture from. They took a couple different angles. Did they ever tell you why they were taking the pictures? Nope. I think they were just decided to have a real patient. They're probably going to rub not, one in later, not giving like medicine for sniffles. They were had a real patient that was bleeding. Yeah, like it's go time, people. We've trained they, eight they, weeks
0: for this. They paid off the dude who was yeah. cutting it. He was like, "Just <laughs> fucking cut him. That's, just yeah, cut one him." I'm so bored.
1: Things,
0: yeah. Hey, job security. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. That dumb grunts will provide job security for medics. How do the stitches come out, considering how they didn't even do them? I've never. Been able to see the scar. I know. So, I mean, I was always wondering what that scar was. My pain is your gain.
0: See, it's it's always better when it's someone else's <laughs> ass that's getting cut up.
1: <laughs> that's what
0: I, that's what I always say. always yeah. always say yeah. that. Yeah, if, if it's gonna be a, a stab in the ass, it better be someone else. I've said it one time. I've said it thirty. Exactly. That's what I tell my daughter every night before she goes to bed. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do our, our last segment. It's called mail call. <laughs> So, uh, this is where we actually read the stories that are sent in from the listeners. So, each week, we're going to read and react to uh, the stories that you guys send in, and you can use the link in the description of this video to submit your stories and get it read on the show. So, uh, this story, buddy of mine, he's a Marine. Um, it's not going to sound like it. Really good guy. <laughs> uh, but I, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I feel like the, the whole crayon eating thing is might be based on him. Mm, Okay. Great guy. (laughs) (laughs) Great guy. All right. There we go. Uh, One day before I deployed for my first tour to Afghanistan, my friends and I decided to go balls to the wall. Faded as fuck going out with a bang. We're at a club right outside a base and one of my buddies gets my attention while I'm dancing my hard dick all over these drunk bitches and he asked for some help. At first I wanted to smack him but then he said his chick was leaving with some dude. So I drop the bitch and go outside and see uh, it's a wannabe blood. <laughs> Man. When he said he was a blood, I nearly ripped his head off. And he ran away into the night like a straight mick bitch. Then I'm walking back and see two blonde bitches walking. And I shout, yo, girl, let me pee in that butt. <laughs> Classic, dude. As one does. <laughs> Uh, and they turn around, saying they're cops and they're undercover, uh, which is a bananas way to be an undercover cop. I'm like I feel, not a cop, so I'm speaking off <laughs> of no experience whatsoever. But I feel like when you're undercover, you don't first, first rule is don't tell people you're undercover. First rule, of Fight Club. Okay, don't talk about it. I feel, <laughs> I feel like that's just bad dad advice Yeah, <laughs> you know, his daughter's going out to a club like maybe the, for the first time just tell me hey, you're a cop hey someone tries fucking with you tell me you're a cop okay dad terrible advice we'll but see it. did it work I guess we'll find out <laughs> uh, so they said they're undercover and I said oh yeah uh, we are too see it's just so easy to say it mm. and she started screaming for secu- uh, the security guards which again of course if you're an undercover cop I get security guards So I say, fuck you, bitch, and I keep walking away, and that's when I turn back and see a security guard running at me full force. God, what a great sight. (laughs) He swung slow as fuck, and I dodged it and dropped him and looked up and see about eight security guards started running at me. My marine buddies were already run into the truck because they were clearly outnumbered. Not me, though. I ran straight towards the fight, swinging with everything I got. I I got knocked down. Nah. I'm not, now I'm getting kicked from all directions and I hear this voice screaming and laughing saying I'm going to jail and uh, I just got a little edge and I stood up, knocked her out and dropped one of the security guards. Uh, my friends can even say most of them were bloody and I just had knots all over my head and some bruises. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's that's... an interesting story. Interesting is a word for it. Uh, for sure, but first deployment, you know, y- you you really have no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. So you want to make last couple nights stateside memorable, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you want to get it all out, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah. So I, I guess, ask a girl if you can pee in her butt, <laughs> right? I guess, Never, hey, never, one plus uh,
1: one equals two in my book. <laughs> I've never tried that one. Never, never tried that that pickup line. No. Um, I, I don't see. It's probably not part of my repertoire. I don't know if that's gonna be. I feel like you gotta be able to pull it off. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you have to be confident. It's like, ex- definitely ex- some confidence. You can't just be like, uh, but I'm, excuse me, miss. What do you me? think he was drinking to get to that level? Like what? Because that's just not a. That's not a beer drunk. That's a. That's a vodka Red Bull drunk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been there. I also think that might be a uh, a uh, Jack and Coke Ooh. drunk. Okay. That's. Uh, seems to be a little bit more probably Marine style. I'm not. I'm not. You know. Pigeon, Even young guns. Pigeonhole. Yeah, maybe Jack and Coke. It's easy to go to. That's true. Depends on when this was. I don't know. I obviously don't know. The, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to say I know the person, so I don't know. But uh, you never know on the dates.
0: So. Yeah. Jack and Coke, or I feel like I ordered that a lot when I first turned 21 because that's, that's all I knew. Well, that's like what it's like you're like, i just the oh, first cocktail, the first Jack and Coke, please. I saw, yeah, I was like, that in Coca Cola. Yeah, you're like, well,
1: obviously, if I'm drinking a Jack and Coke, I'm 21. Come on, yes, yeah. like, you know, come um, on, buddy. So, yeah, that's that, so I was curious what, what 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 drink led him to that because I've seen guys at this level and you know. It's a progression. You start in the barracks with some beers, and then someone's got a a a, a liter bottle, a liter <laughs> of cola, liter bottle <laughs> of. Uh, no, you need the cola for that. Okay. But the the, the larger bottles of Jack Daniels in their freezer, um, and you start going, and you just you know I've seen that I've seen that route. Yeah, buddy, so if uh, let us know, let us know what you were drinking. You were, drinking. we're curious. He's curious what it was.
0: Yeah, definitely not a route I would have taken. But you know. so before I got deployed, see I started. The marriage and kids thing young, so I was married with a kid when I was twenty, like a fucking idiot, just like a stupid dumbhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't. Which is not my, uncommon for the military, right? That's it's fairly that's common. Different actually. story for another yeah. day. Um. So my last few days, like I was just hanging out with my kid, uh, and my my wife at the time, which is another common thing with military divorces, um. I, uh, check mark. What, Yep. What are you going to do? Yep, <laughs> I, I got all the check marks. Divorce um, bad credit. DD two fourteen. <laughs> Tricepta. So I, did, I didn't have these, this opportunity for shenanigans, because um, like I want, I wasn't going to get divorced before I went. I still wanted the BAH. You know what I mean? <laughs> the family set pay. Uh, what your first deployment? How old? Before Bosnia was Bonziere. my first deployment. I was uh, I what? was nineteen. 19- turning 20. But it's but it's different, though, right? Because Bosnia, was that considered a combat deployment? It was. There okay. was nothing
1: else going on. Okay. Um, it was a peacekeeping mission, but mm-hmm. you're still, you were getting hazardous fire pay. Mm-hmm. Um, there were still dangers because you, this is one of the most heavily mined countries in the world. You're out on patrol. You had live ammo. Um, but it, it was the only thing going on at the time, which is why I actually ended up at that unit. When I went to the recruiter, I was like, which unit deploys? And they're like, oh, 10th Mountain at the time because this is this is me over yeah this is what seven years after mogadishu so like that had been the combat Mm -hmm. and everyone's like oh so i went to mountain we deployed and it was you know in hindsight nothing was ever going to happen in bosnia because the big stick of nato overpowers the uh the little warring factions and we did we got you know we had barracks parties beforehand and it
0: was like the big thing because you're going away for seven months right Uh, yeah. So I just I just feel like that that is a time if you're gonna. Th- it for me it's hard to describe, the dynamic of barracks life and being a young private. Like, E one to E four in the barracks, it's basically like giving children. Money. It's a frat house with money. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, frat disposable house with income. money. Um. Which I didn't not even, a lot of money. <laughs> not a lot. But enough of your your basic needs are taken care of to where that little bit of money can go a long way into Absolutely. free food. So oh you gotta spend your money on those booze and kicked by eight security <laughs> guards.
1: In exactly. The- yeah. I I'm grateful that I was single, you know, up till I was an E five. Um I knew the guys that were like e three that were married that lived in in quarters on base or
0: apartments. Like, I bet they were just miserable. Perks. Yeah,
1: they yeah. were same age because like, I always had a group to do shenanigans with. It was always there and ready. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it was a frat. Out. We had, you know, our matching T shirts. <laughs> like we had the same <laughs> stuff. You know, you you had your uh. you had your uh, your battalion. You know, your company, your platoon and i was grateful that i got to experience that yeah and uh it's how you grow up man you gotta sow your oats you you do i I don't encourage getting hit by a bunch of bouncers because stuff could happen where you might not get to go on that deployment yeah exactly
0: (laughs) and i know especially
1: especially some some services really frown upon those kinds of things prior to uh deployments
0: yeah they pretty much frown upon a lot of stuff that One would do before deployment. Yeah. Front upon a lot of stuff that you would do during deployment too. Front upon a lot of stuff you do post deployment. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, man. That was uh, that was mail call. That was uh, some story to start everything off. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I I just think it's a it's a different dynamic when you are about to go on an endeavor that you've met ne- you have no idea what you're gonna expect
1: yeah I especially think. in ag- again like my first deployment was as a peacekeeper right but then like my second deployment we invaded a country like we weren't relieving anybody right like we just, were it. we just left and yeah. went so we didn't know we were really going so you don't have anything to build up to but I think as the war on terror escalated you know for the past 20 years people knew what they were getting into yeah and you know, you see the carnage on T V, you, you just go to YouTube and type in fucking IEDs and you see some gnarly it's shit. Nuts. Yeah. And um, from the point of the, the bad guy filming it, you know. Yeah, it's you, crazy. Yeah. And uh, guys know that stuff and, and I like it's still it still is crazy to me that you can't drink in the military till you're twenty one. It's
0: so stupid. It's yeah. Like my when I joined I was seventeen, my parents had to sign my life away Mm -hmm. basically saying it was okay for me to go do this go fight in a war but when i'm on post i can't enjoy the sweet sweet mother's milk i don't know how it is today
1: but even like when i was a a younger guy we could only have a six-pack in our fridge during the work week like you couldn't have more than a six-pack
0: that just means you're
1: drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that just means you're drinking what you got. Yeah. So that's a silly rule. Yeah, I know. You just have to just always you keep a six pack yeah, and just buy it. Forcing a toy you back. guys to drink
0: <laughs> everything you got. That's stupid. Yeah. Uh yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. We, Absolutely. We appreciate it. I'm uh I'm stoked for you. This is a pretty cool
1: cool um avenue to tell some stories that about military life people don't know about. It's not all it's not all spin polish and metals (laughs) right that see that's
0: what i wanted like i wanted somewhere (laughs) where people who did serve can come and listen to the stories that you know just like the skate for the 22 you know you go there to to recreate those bonds that you miss like you don't get these type of stories from anywhere other than no veterans it's It's, it's so different no yeah like don't come at me with your your stories of what you did in college it's so it's so different yeah uh, so I wanted a place where veterans could come to get that again, just like being back at the smoke pit type of thing. But also, you know, to give people who weren't in the service, you know, kind of like a, a little more of an inside look. A glimpse. Yeah. Behind the curtain. Not fully behind the curtain.
1: Just a little, Pay little extra bit. extra
0: for that. But Not behind the curtain, <laughs> but behind the boots. That's right. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks for everyone who joined us for our first episode of Behind the Boots. Uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, So make sure you smash, don't just hit it, smash it, that like button and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, It's also going to be on anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, Thanks to our producer, uh, Big Dick Nick, and Wilco Media for uh, helping us bring this show to life. And, of course, again, Bobby, thank you very much uh, for for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And Make sure everyone checks out uh, the Skate for the 22 Foundation at skateforthe22.org. Um, but mean to tell you about that. There's not enough pictures of me <laughs> on there. We'll try to get. We'll get. We'll get some. Yeah. Cameras keep breaking. Nah, I'm not. How am I supposed to be the face <laughs> of the foundation if there's no pictures? Uh, so again, we want to hear your stories. Um, tell your friends. Yeah. So send them our way, man. The link's going to be at at the bottom of this. You can also log into the interwebs, wilco dot com slash BTB Podcast, and you can submit them right there on the site. Uh, all the links that we talked about uh, are going to be there as well um, in the description. And you know, give us a give us a rating. You know, if you if you liked what you saw, give it give us a good rating. Uh, if if you think we can improve, let us know. That's the only way we get better. Uh, so so that's it for us, man. Thanks thanks for joining us for the first episode. Appreciate it. Thanks cool. for having me. Bar out. <laughs>